Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Jeremiah 42, 21. This one verse, New Living Translation. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation throughout our time together this morning. And today I have told you exactly what he said. But you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. And today I have told you exactly what he said. But you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. Oh, my God. I'm going to talk today. I want to raise the question. Where are you? Where are you? Amen. Be seated. If you can, be seated. Um, I'm going to get started. Back up to chapter 41, verse 16. I'll. We'll hook up there in a moment, but back up to Jeremiah 41, 16, and uh, then we'll make our way back to chapter 42, tap dance a little bit on chapter 43, and uh, probably finish this whole thing Wednesday. But let it be known, again, we're talking about where are you, where are you, but let it be known, y'all, these were difficult times in Judah, as we read this portion of Jeremiah's text, there were some very difficult times in Judah. By this time, uh, Jerusalem or uh, Israel, Israel has already been taken captive. Now Babylon is coming to take Judah, the southern tribes of Israel, uh, Judah. So Babylon has come in. They've taken many of the people of God from Judah away into captivity. They have left to remain in Judah, just a whole bunch of poor people and Jeremiah. Bunch of poor people to work the fields and do menial tasks and Jeremiah. There's rampant mistrust of leadership from those who remained in Judah. But Babylon, the powers that be, Nebuchadnezzar, the powers that be of Babylon, installed a leader to to govern Judah, someone that they trusted, a Jew that they trusted, uh, a Jewish leader by the name of Gedaliah. Gedaliah. Nebuchadnezzar felt like, I need somebody. I'm not going to go and rule Judah myself. I need somebody uh, that I can trust, that the people trust, and uh, I'm going to appoint them to to lead Judah. So he, he appoints Gedaliah. To govern Judah. Gedaliah was a, was a wise ruler, made some, made some good beneficial changes there in Judah. And Johanan, jo- Johanan, I think I can say that correctly, Johanan, whom we're going to really read about and dwell on today, Johanan had a good relationship with Gedaliah. In fact, he tried to tell Gedaliah, Gedaliah, uh, there's going to be some people who are going ri- to rise up and try to kill you. Johanan tried to warn Gedaliah, this Babylonian-appointed governor of Judah. He didn't just say some folk going to try to kill you. He mentioned someone by name. You know you got to be careful when, when folks say somebody. I heard somebody. I'm going to tell you who they say. But when they give you a name, you might want to take that thing seriously. Johanan gave Gedaliah a name. He said, Ishmael is going to try to kill you. Now, this is not... This is not uh, Abraham and Hagar's son, Ishmael. This is hundreds of years after that Ishmael passed away. This, this is another Ishmael. Johanan told Gedaliah, this Babylonian-appointed leader for Judah. Babylon has come in and, and just conquered Judah, just, just decimated Judah, but left behind a whole bunch of poor people in Jeremiah. And so Gedaliah is now providing leadership for, for Judah, but, but Johanan tried to tell him, Ishmael is going gonna, is gonna to try to kill you. 
So before Ishmael can kill you, Gedaliah, let me go kill him. Let me go get him before you get got by the one who want to got you. Let me go kill Ishmael. Gedaliah thought, Jed, thought, thought Johanan was lying. You lying. Ishmael wouldn't do that to me. Gedaliah, I'm telling you, Ishmael is going to kill. Ishmael ain't going to kill me, man. You lying. You lying. Next thing you know, they're at a banquet. Ishmael stands up and kills Gedaliah. If only Gedaliah could have come back from the dead and said, Johanna, man, I thought you were lying. That dude killed, he killed me just like you said. I wonder if, I wonder, I wonder if Johanna stood up and said, I told you he was going to kill you, man. I told you. So now, Johanan, Johanan, along with others, are afraid of what the Babylonians are going to do to them. Now that Gedaliah has been killed, once the word gets to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, uh, Johanan is afraid. Now the Babylonians are going to come for us. Johanan is a military leader. He's a commander of what they call maybe a, a guerrilla group, some, some terrorists. Right, uh, who who looked out, who tried to look out for Judah, but but Johanan is he's kind of paranoid. They're gonna kill us now, cause because their guy got killed. Now they're gonna come get us. So Johanan is literally running for his life. They've made up in their minds to run to Egypt. Egypt. So here's where we pick up in Jeremiah chapter forty-one. Look at verse sixteen. Then Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders took all the people they had rescued in Gibeon, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials whom Ishmael had captured after he killed Gedaliah. I've left out an awful lot of details. Some more stuff that Gedaliah did after he killed, uh, after, after Ishmael killed Gedaliah. Verse 17, though, verse 17, Jeremiah 41, 17. They took them all to the village of Geruth Kimam near Bethlehem where they prepared to leave for Egypt. They were afraid of what the Babylonians would do, as I told you, when they, when they heard that Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, the governor appointed by the Babylonian king. But in chapter 42, if you can make your way to chapter 42, verse 1, in chapter 42, verse 1, Johanan, military leader, leader leading a little terrorist group, little, little uh, group of guerrilla warriors, they think we, we, need, we need prayer. We, we need prayer. They, they made plans to go to Egypt, but... They want to stop and ask Jeremiah for prayer. I'm in verse, I mean, chapter 42, verse 1. Chapter 42, verse 1. Then all the military leaders, including Johanan, remember Johanan is the one who tried to tell Gedaliah, Ishmael is going to kill you. Ishmael ain't going to kill me. Ishmael killed Gedaliah. And so now Johanan and a bunch of other folks on the run thinking, them Babylonians going to kill us because Gedaliah got killed. All the military leaders, chapter 42, verse, verse 1. All the military leaders, including Johanan, son of Korea, and Jezaniah, son of Hosea, and all the people, from the least to the greatest, approached Jeremiah the prophet. They said, please pray to the Lord your God for us. As you can see, we are only a tiny remnant prepared uh, com compared to what we were before. Pray that the Lord your God will show us what to do and where to go. All right, Jeremiah replied, I will pray to the Lord your God as you have asked, and I will tell you everything he says. I will hide nothing from you. They asked Jeremiah. They, only, they got their minds made up to go to Egypt. They said, no, we need, we need prayer. We need prayer. Ask Jeremiah, Reverend Dr. Jeremiah, to pray for us. Jeremiah said, all right, I'm going to pray for y'all. And, and whatever, whatever God tells me, I'm going to tell you. I'm not leaving anything out. Amen. Amen. So then, watch verse 5. Johanna and them, they make a pledge. They make a, place, make a place. Look at verse 5. Then they said to Jeremiah, and the Jeremiah consented to pray for them and tell them everything God said. They said to Jeremiah, may the Lord your God be a faithful witness against us if, if, we, if we refuse to obey whatever he tells us to do. Whatsoever he tells us to do. Verse 6, y'all. Ooh, verse 6. Verse 6 blesses me so. Look at verse 6. Whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord our God to whom we are sending you with our plea. Watch this, y'all. They ain't lying here now. They ain't lying at this part. For if we obey him, everything will turn out well for us. 
Y'all, we running them Babylonians. They find out Gedaliah died. They're going to kill us. We didn't kill Gedaliah. No, we didn't kill him. But just the mere fact they found out he'd he been killed, they're going to they kill us. We need to run. We need to leave. Wait, before we do, let's stop and ask Pastor Jeremiah to pray for us. Pastor, pray for us. All right, I'm going to tell y'all whatever God say. And whatever God say, that's what we going to do. Because we know if we obey him, everything going to be all right. Yeah, this is where the worshiper of God, this, this is where the worshiper and follower of Christ needs to be. Seeking the Lord for direction with a pure heart. Seeking the Lord for direction with a pure heart uh, 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 for direction and ready to obey God's will, whether we like it or not. I, I know some of y'all like me wondering who could not like the will of God. I mean, come on, who, who would not like the will of God? I mean, really think about it. Who would, not, who would not like the will of God? Who would not like forgiving folk who've done you wrong? Who, who would not like blessing your enemy, uh, blessing them and not, and not despising them, not cursing them? Who, 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 who would not like feeding your enemy, clothing your enemy when, when they're naked? Who wouldn't like doing that? Who wouldn't like waiting when God tells you to wait when you rent to go? Who, who wouldn't like waiting on? Who wouldn't like the will of God? Who wouldn't like being patient with folk? When you rent to give folk a piece of your mind. Who wouldn't like that? Who wouldn't like that? They pledge whatever whatever God tells us to do, whether we like it or not, we will obey. This is where the worshiper is to live. This is how the worshiper is to live. This is, this is to be our lifestyle. Whether we like it or not, we walk in obedience. Mm. Maybe that's why James tells us in James chapter 4, verse 13. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? How do you know what egg prices will be like tomorrow? How do you know how many strands of COVID you'll have to fight against tomorrow? How do, you, how do you know how many tens of thousands of folks that, that uh, Twitter and uh, 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 Meta and Alphabet and all these other major companies, tens of thousands of people in the tech industry losing their jobs right now. Tens of thousands, tens, tens of thousands of people losing their jobs. How do you know? James asks in James 4.14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say, if you really love the Lord, if you really are walking by faith and not by sight, if you really want faith for your journey, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Amen. All such boasting, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to live, we're going to stay here a year, then I'm going to do this, I'm going to retire, then I'm going to do this and do that. If the Lord wills, if the Lord wills, this is where we need to be. We need to be at a place with a resolve to do whatever God says, because that is a great place to be. And whether we like it or not, it's the great place to be. There's a word I want to put in your spirit that's been in my spirit for quite some time now. I want, I want, you, I want you to feast on this word. It's the word agreement. It's a word that's really in my spirit in this season, agreement. I'm, I'm trying uh, uh, with, with greater intentionality than ever to be in agreement with God. To even plan. I want my plan. I've always, for the past 30 plus years, I wanted my plans to be in agreement with God. I want, I, I want it where I lived, what I've done, to be in agreement with God. I got out of the Marine Corps in 1998. 
prior to my time to retire because I believe that that was, I was agreeing with God. I left the Marine Corps, went to Beaufort, South Carolina, left Beaufort, went to Columbia, South Carolina, left Columbia, went to Albany, Georgia, left Albany, Georgia, came here because I was, I call myself being in agreement with God. Following God wherever he would have me to go, I was, that's where I was trying to go. I, I, I want to encourage us to, to be more deliberate, more determined to live lives that's in agreement with God. Amen. That's where we need to be. That's, that's, that's where we always need to be, where our thoughts are in agreement with God. The words of our mouths are in agreement with God. Our plans are in agreement with God. Our reactions, our responses are in agreement with God. We need to be in a place of agreement. Let the church say agreement. Agreement, agreement. They said, Jeremiah, whatever, whether we like it or not, whatever God says, that's what we're going to do. It reminds me of what Mary, the mother of our Lord, said to the servants at the wedding at Cana. Remember when they ran out of wine? And Mary came, came, came to her son, Jesus. They run out of wine. Jesus like, what's that got to do with me? She turned to the servants and said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Whatever he tells y'all to do, do it. That's, that's the life of the worshiper. That's the life of the follower of Jesus because we, we, we are to follow Jesus, but I wonder how many of us are living as if Jesus is supposed to be following us. You, you making plans, you want the Lord, you want the Lord Jesus to bless your plans. You making plans, you want, you want God to catch up to you. Yeah, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me and be in pursuit of me, running after me all the days of my life. But don't live your life thinking God just going to keep running after you. Running behind you. We, 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 we need to live lives in agreement with him. This is where every worshiper of God is to be found. At a place where we do whatever, whatsoever he says to us. This, that's where every follower of Jesus is to be found. At a place where we do whatever he says. If the Lord says give, we give. If the Lord, if the Lord says forgive, we forgive. If the Lord says wait, we wait. If the Lord says stay, we stay. If the Lord says go, we go. If the Lord says launch it, we launch it. If the Lord says kill it, we kill it. If the Lord says keep it going, we keep it going. If the Lord says work with him, we work with him. If the Lord says kick him to the curb, we kick him to the curb. Whatever the Lord says, that's what we do. Amen. This is where God wants us. This is where Jesus wants us. He wants us to live out a perpetual yes. Come what may Yes. Yes to whatever God says. Because y'all, I got to remind you what the word says. We cannot live by bread alone. But by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. So Jeremiah prayed for him. Pray for him. Verse 7, he comes to him 10 days later. Jeremiah 42 and 7. 10 days pass and Jeremiah got an answer from God. Man, if only I could get God to answer all my prayers within 10 days. I t if, only, if only I can get him sometime to speak to me after 10 months. Waiting. God, I'm still waiting. Jeremiah 42, 7, 10 days later, the Lord gave his reply to Jeremiah. So he called for Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders, and for all the people, from the least to the greatest, he said to them, you sent me to the Lord, the God of Israel, with your request. And this is his reply. Stay here in this land. If you do, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I am sorry about all the punishment I have had to bring upon you. Do not fear the king of Babylon anymore. I love that. Do not fear the king of Babylon anymore. Mm. I am with you, for I am with you and will save you and rescue you from his power. I will be merciful to you by making him kind so he will let you stay here in your land. But if you refuse to obey the Lord your God, and if you say, despite what you've heard from God, we will not stay here. Instead, we will go to Egypt, just like we had planned all along, where we will be free from war to call to the call to arms and hunger. Then hear the Lord's message to the remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. If you are determined to go to Egypt, if you are determined to just go on and do what you want to do and live there, 
The very war and famine you fear will catch up to you and you will die there. That is, the that is the fate awaiting every one of you who insists on going to live in Egypt. Yes, you will die from war, famine, and disease. None of you will escape the disaster I will bring upon you there. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, just as my anger and fury are poured out on the people of Jerusalem, so they will be poured out on you who enter, when you enter Egypt. You will be an object of damnation, horror, cussing, cursing, and mockery, and you will never see your homeland again. Listen, you remnant of Judah, the Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt. Don't forget this warning I've given you today, for you were not being honest when you sent me to pray to the Lord your God for you. You were not being honest when you sent me to pray to the Lord your God for you. You said, just tell us whatever the Lord our God says and we will do it. And today I have told you exactly what he said, but you will not obey the Lord your God any better now than you have in the past. So you can be sure that you will die from war, famine, and disease in Egypt where you insist on going. That 21st verse, that 21st verse. Today I told you exactly what he said, but you, you ain't going to obey him. You won't obey him any better now than you have in the past. I pray that, that none of us are in that place where our our. our our obedience is, we're, we're no more obedient today than we've been in the past. I hope none of us are in that place. I hope nobody streaming is in that place where you're, you're, no, more, you're no more obedient today than, than you've been in the past. I, I hope none of us are in that place where we, despite all this churching, despite all the praying and all the declaring and decreeing, your life reflects, you're, you're no more obedient today than you've been in the past. I hope none of us are guilty of having not matured in obedience. I hope, I hope, I hope none of us, none of us is guilty to where we, the, the truth of the matter would have to be that we have not matured at all in faith. Well, we don't trust God anymore today than we've trusted him in the past. Isn't that, isn't that a statement to make? I, I know what y'all going to do. You going to Egypt. You got your mind made up to go. You ain't studying what the will of God is. You got your mind made up. You, you telling folks, I've, I've heard what y'all been telling people. I've seen your posts on Facebook. I've seen your tweets. I've seen your TikTok videos. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've already seen it. I'm through with Judah. I ain't standing. I'm through with Judah. Standing on Judah. I've seen, I've seen your TikTok videos when you were packing your clothes and just dancing and just packing. Going to Egypt, dancing like an Egyptian. Then coming to me, asking me to pray for God's will. When your mind is made up, you're going to do what you want to do. Obedience, faith should happen along a, 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 a continuum of growth. You and I, who have been in the church for a minute, should be, should be able to see some growth in our lives where we can declare, I, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm more mature, I'm, I'm, I'm more obedient today than I was in the past. I'm obeying some commands today that I wasn't studying back in the day. Amen. Somebody should be able to declare, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me enough to turn no cheek for nobody. I'll turn a cheek today. I'll, I'll turn one. I'll mature to it. I'll give you one. Some, some of it's, it's, it's about maturity. It's all this churching, all this word, all these conferences, all these revivals, all these Bible studies, all this serving, all this stuff you're doing. But are you growing? That's where we got to be, y'all. That's where we got to be, a made-up mind. I got to be more obedient today than I've been in the past. That's where, that's where the worshiper lives. That's where the follower of Christ lives. I ain't there yet, but I'm, 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 I can declare I'm, I'm more obedient today than I've been in the past. Don't y'all know that's what Paul said in Philippians 3? I ain't there yet, but I'm pressing. 
I'm pressing to that place where I'm so like him, where I'm more obedient day by day than I've been in the past. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm dying daily my, in my flesh and with my preferences and my will. But sometimes your preference can have you in a place where you're in disagreement with God, where God is ordained for you to be in one place, but your preference, your desires can have you in another place. Am I making sense to anybody? This, this is a challenge for all of us, for everybody in here, everybody streaming now, all of you who will stream in the future. This is a challenge for everybody who, as you listen to me, your mind is made up to go to an Egypt that God has not ordained. This issue between Judah and Egypt, Judah, Judah and Egypt, Ju Judah represents that place that God has ordained for me to be. That, that it could be a place, it could be a place of relationship, it could be a place in my finances, it could be a place geographically, it could, it could that, that Judah could be like a Warner Robins. Am I gonna stay? Is the will of God is saying, stay in Warner Robins? I ain't staying in no Warner Robins. Ju Judah could be a career. God could be calling you to change careers. You ain't changing, changing no careers. Not now. Not now. Not now. My finances are right. Not now. Maybe after the children graduate. Not now. When I get my money together. Not now. Yeah. You, Judah, Judah can be that place that God is ordained where God is telling you, here's where I want you to be. Here's where I want you to live. Here's where I want you to stay. Or just, and it's not a matter of staying or leaving. It's a matter of obedience and disobedience. Am I where God has ordained for me to be? versus my being where I want to be. And it can be really challenging. It really can. Because you can catch yourself. I, I, um, I heard that some of these folk like jo Johannan and them will say some of the same kind of stuff y'all cousins be saying. You need to stay in Judah. I ain't staying in no Judah. They gonna kill me if I stay in Judah. Well, if you have faith, you will stay in Judah. I got faith, but God gave me common sense too. Isn't that what some of y'all cousins say? Don't you have faith? God says stay in Judah. I, I got faith, but God gave me common sense too. Here's another one your cousins say. Stay in Judah. God says stay in Judah. My mama didn't raise no fool. I know you've heard some Madison say that. I've heard plenty of Clark say that. I know you, come on. My mama didn't raise no food now. You steadily packing. Where are you going, Egypt? But Roscoe, why are you, why are you going to Egypt? All right, my mama didn't raise no food. I'm going to Egypt. We ain't safe here. We ain't safe here. But little Roscoe's about to, he's in his senior year of high school at Judah High School. We can't just yank little, little Roscoe, little RJ out of his senior year in high school. Look, you, you and RJ could stay right here. My mama didn't raise no food. I, and we ain't safe him. Going to Egypt where I'm safe. It made no sense to stay in Judah as far as what they were thinking. And how many of us make decisions because it just, it makes sense. It makes so much sense you didn't even pray about it. Just did it. Just, just did it. Ten days later, Jeremiah comes to them and says, God said for y'all to sit still. Now remember, they promised whether we like it or not, we're going to do what's never God says. But Jeremiah told them, I told y'all exactly what he said, but y'all ain't going to obey God. In fact, you're no more better. You're no better at obedience today than you were in the past. Is this where you are? No more obedient today than I've been in the past. How many of you are headed towards some sort of an Egypt right now where you know it ain't the will of God? And it, it could be, listen, it could be, it could be, it could be something. Uh, right now we're talking about something where you get a rhema word of direction from God. Do I stay at the job? Do I leave? Do I stay in one of Robins? Do I leave? Do I move to Texas? Do I move to Montana? Do I move? Do, what, what do I do? Do I go on to retire now? Do I wait? Do I switch careers? Do I make a lateral move? Do I sell the house? Do I keep the, keep, keep the house? What, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? What is the will of God? 
do I launch the ministry? Do I not? Do I go on a mission trip? Do I not? Right? Well, we need, we need God to speak to us and give us some sort of rhema direction. But what about the stuff that's explicitly laid out in Scripture? Well, you know you ain't got no business lying, stealing, fornicating, committing adultery. You, you, you know what the Scriptures clearly state, but you're going to do it anyway. Is it Judah or Egypt? Agreement with God or disagreement with God? Obedience, disobedience. Are you going to put more weight on your own logic than in your faith in God? These folks wanted to go to Egypt because they felt like, watch this, they felt like they'd be safer in Egypt. The issue, y'all, as it is, as it agreement or disagreement, obedience or disobedience, is it is 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 it is a matter of watch this, safety or security. Many of us pursue safety when God assures us security. So then, Judah is the place where God said. If you, if, you, if you stay where I told you, if you are where I told you, to, if you do what I told you, I'm going to make everything all right. I'm going to take care of you. If, you. if you do what I told you, if you're where I told you if, you, if you trust me and obey me, I'll make everything all right. I, I want to I share two things with you real quick today that can help us mature in obedience, mature in faith to where, when I got to make these choices, where it may seem where, where, where logic is on once, one, one, in, one, in one place. Logic may, may, be, uh, may, may say Egypt, but faith says Judah. How, how can I get better at choosing what God would have me to choose? How can I get better at, at making decisions that keep me or put me in agreement with God to where the decision I make, the choice I make in whatever situation I'm facing, God says, that's the choice I wanted you to make. That's, that's what I wanted you to do. That, that's what I wanted you to do right there. How can I get better at that? Two things for today. I'll give, I'll give you the rest of this Wednesday. One thing I want to encourage you to do, I want you to pray wide open. Pray wide open. Pray wide open. Pray wide open. Uh, verse 19. Verse 19. One more time. Jeremiah is telling them in verse 19. Listen, you remnant of Judah. The Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt. Don't forget this warning I've given you today. For you are not being honest. You are not being honest. When you sent me to pray to the Lord your God for you. You are not being honest. Praying wide open is when I'm mature enough in my relationship with God where I can be honest with God. God, I'm seeking you for direction. You know I want to go to Egypt. <laughs> I wish I was at, this is how I can talk to God sometime, and I hope I can keep my job here at the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church. I know I'm supposed to want to be wherever you want me to be. I know I'm supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to like whatever your will is. I want to go to Egypt. David, Judah. Judah. I don't like Judah. Any of y'all ever get that? God is telling you Judah and you're like, I know Judah. <sighs> Praying wide open means I'm, I'm praying honest. I'm praying open to the will of God. I'm being honest. You can't hide anything from God. You might as well go on and tell him, Lord, you know I want to go to Egypt. I know you have not ordained Egypt. I, you know my preference is Egypt, but if you tell me Judah, I, I'll, I'll say yes to Judah. Pray wide open to the will of God. When you and I pray, we need to be wide open to whatever the will of God may be. Whatever he says, whatever the Lord ordains, we need to be open to receiving it and walking in it. Our hearts need to be open to whatever guidance the Lord provides. This is where we need to be. So when you pray, do so with an open heart. Pray with an open heart. In fact, open your heart to the Father and confess what's really in your heart. You can't hide it. It's not like you can hide it. Open your heart and confess your preferences, the desires of your heart, but also confess that at the end of the day, all that matters is whether you're going to agree with his will for your situation. 
And over time, praying with this, with being wide open, praying wide, I'm wide open to whatever. Wide. If you say Egypt, if you, then I'm going to go to Egypt. I'll pray. I want you to say Egypt. But if you say Judah, then I say yes to Judah. Pray wide open. Pray wide open. I would even encourage you. Let me go on to my second point. Second point. This is going to be enough. I'm, I'm second point. Second point. Second thing I want to encourage you to do. If we want to grow along that, along that continuum, along that, 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 that pace of, 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 of obedience and faith, second thing I would encourage you to do, trust what God says. Trust whatever God says. Trust what God says. But Pastor Clark, you're telling me to grow in my trust in what God says by trusting what God says. Yeah. Yeah. Trust, trust what God said. One more time, look at verse 9. Uh, Jeremiah 42 and 9. Jeremiah 42 and 9. He said to them, you sent me to the Lord and the, the God of Israel with your request. And this is his reply. Stay here in this land. If you do, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I am sorry about all the punishment I have had to bring upon you. Do not fear the king of Babylon anymore. Says the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and rescue you from his power. I will be merciful to you by making him kind. So he will let you stay here in your land. To trust what God was saying to them. Hear me, y'all. Hear me. Hear me. Listen. Listen. To trust what God was saying to them, they would have to test what God was saying to them. How do I get better at trusting God? By trusting God. <laughs> but, but Pastor Clark, I don't understand you. How do I mature in trusting God? By trusting God. You got to trust him enough to say, you know what? It makes more sense to me to go into Egypt. But you say Judah, I'm going to stay in Judah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try you. I'm going to test you and see. I'm going to stay in Judah. To get better at obedience, trust what God says and obey him. Over time, watch this. Over time, you'll join a multitude of witnesses who can testify that God will do just what he says. He would do. Let me break this down a little bit. 2A, if you're taking notes. 2A. Trust, trust God. 2A. Trust any promise God attaches to his word. Trust any promise God attaches to his word. Here in, in Jeremiah 42, verses 9 through 12, here are some promises God made. Here's some promises God made. He promised, he promised he'd build them up if they stayed in Judah. He promised he'd plant them if they stayed in Judah. Watch this. He promised he'd be with them if they stayed in Judah. He promised he'd save them and rescue them if they stayed in Judah. But here's the kicker. I love this one. He promised he'd make their enemy be kind to them. They're running from Babylon. They're running from Babylonian leadership, Nebuchadnezzar them. And one of the promises God made, stay in Judah. If you do, I'll make your enemies be kind to you. I'm leaving this job. This don't make no sense. But Roscoe, have you prayed about it? I ain't praying. My mama didn't raise no fool. They mean to me. They can't stand me. They, can't, they don't like black people. But, but Roscoe, I went to the women's thing at the Union Grove Friday night, and I went to the altar and prayed. And I heard God say, tell Roscoe to stay at the job. Roscoe, I believe if you stay at that job, God is able to touch the hearts of your employer, to the heart of that racist manager, and make them kind to you. But I have seen where God can take out that nasty manager and put in a kind one. Yeah. Seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. With my own eyes. More than once. Marine Corps sent me to Okinawa, Japan, unaccompanied tour, because when they gave me the orders, I was single. When I went to Okinawa, I was married. Had this young lady. I couldn't get her off me. I just couldn't. I said, all right, let's get married then. I get married. I was supposed to come back in six months. We were supposed to have a wedding ceremony. Then I do my year, come back, we be all right. I get over to Japan. She wrote me a letter. If there's any way I could be with you, I want to be with you. I picked up the phone. We didn't have no cell phones back then. This is 1988. 1988. I had to go to the job, get on the phone. Did you really mean that? I read your letter. You really meant that? I want to come and be with you. I didn't get married to be away from you. 
She comes over, we fall in love with Okinawa, Japan. We decided, let's try to stay. Now, I'm an E4 in the Marine Corps. They weren't approving a company three-year tours for E4s in the Marine Corps. It was rare, but it hardly ever happened. So I went, to, I, I went to the one boss I had. I said, I want to convert my, I told y'all this story. I, w- I want to convert my tour from a one-year unaccompanied tour to a three-year accompanied tour. He said to me, I'm, I'm going to be here three years, and I just got here. I don't know if I want you with me for three years. Based on what I've seen, I don't know if I want you with me three years. After he went to prison, telling you what I seen, boy. Another one, another E7 in my shop who, who had been with us. I said, I want to convert my tour from a one-year unaccompanied tour to a three-year accompanied. Clark, I think Gomez was being unfair with you. I'll gladly sign the paperwork for you to stay here three years. God can take people's hearts and change them and, and turn them from mean and nasty to merciful and kind. How many of y'all have seen it? How many of you have seen God take somebody's heart and change them? How many of you can look in the mirror and see how God is taking somebody's heart and change? Come on, some of y'all used to be mean. Some of y'all still mean. But some of y'all used to be mean. I could tell you some other stories, but some of y'all would know people I'm talking about. God can take folk. He prom- Trust any promise God attaches to his word. God will keep whatever promise he made. God made you a promise. God will keep his promise. What? Listen, if I want to grow uh, along in my faith, if I want to grow and become more obedient, I got to make up in my mind, I'm going to try him and see and watch him do what he said he's going to do. Trust any promise God attaches to his word. Here's 2B. 2P. 2B. 2B. Don't be afraid after God God told you there's nothing to fear. If I'm going to trust God, I've got got to make up in my mind. Don't be afraid after God told you there's nothing to fear. Look at verse 11 and 12. Jeremiah 42. Jeremiah 42, do not fear the king of Babylon anymore. (laughs) I just love how God can be. I just just hear the gentleness of God. I hear the understanding of God here. I I hear the I get it-ness of God. You're afraid. I get it. You're, you're afraid. I get it. You're scared. I get it. And some of you who, who, who feel safer in your Egypt or feel safer about going to your Egypt, God says, I, I, you're, you're afraid. I get it. I understand. I get it. But don't be afraid anymore. God is saying to somebody here today, don't be afraid anymore. You're trying to go to Egypt because you're scared. Don't be afraid anymore. You're choosing disobedience because you're afraid. Of obedience, God says, Don't be afraid anymore. One, one more time, verse 11 Do not fear the king of Babylon anymore, says the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and rescue you from his power. I will be merciful to you by making him kind, so he will let you stay here in your land. Do not fear anymore. Do not fear anymore. Don't let your fear drive you into disobedience. Don't let your anxiety drive you into disobedience. Don't be afraid anymore. And let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. For all of us who have some mental health issues and you're justifying your disobedience by your mental health, God says, I get get the mental health piece. I get it. But don't let your anxiety, don't let your depression, don't let your fear, don't let your loneliness, don't, don't let it drive you into an Egypt when I called you to, uh, to abide and abound in Judah in a place of obedience. You may feel safer in, in Egypt, but you're more, you can have a greater security in Judah. Some of us who are, who are dealing with fear, some of us who are dealing with depression, anxiety, some of us who are, who are making making. Choosing disobedience because of our fear. I want to I challenge you to ask yourself certain questions. If God has ever been good to you, if God has ever come through for you, if God has ever fulfilled any of his promises for you, if God woke you up this morning, I want to challenge you, don't be afraid 
Don't be, listen, listen, don't be afraid after God told you there's nothing to fear. I want to challenge you to ask yourself certain questions. If you've seen the goodness of God in your life, if you've seen God move mountains in your life, if you've seen God heal in your life, if you've seen God open doors no man can shut, if you've ever seen God fight any of your battles, I want to challenge you to ask yourself certain questions. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely? and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion. I hope I'm talking to some. I'm trying to help somebody. When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is, is can I get a witness? Anybody hear what I'm saying? Am I preaching your sermon today? A constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow and I know, I know he watches me. Ain't no doubt in my mind. I'm still here because he watches me. I made it because he watches me. I got up this morning because he watches me. I made it through all the drama from 2022 because he watches me. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should I be afraid? After all I've seen him do, after all the, after all the, Testimonies I could share of specifically how I've seen his goodness running after me. Why should I fear? Why should I be afraid? But then I'm going to close with this one. But then not only trust the promises God makes to see, trust God's warnings as well. Verse 16, the very war and famine you, you fear will catch up to you and you will die there. Here's what God is saying. I love it. My God, I love it. The very thing you're trying to run from you're going to run into. The very thing you're trying to run from out of Egypt, you're going, out of Judah, you're going to run into it in Egypt. The very thing you're trying to run from, you're going to run right into it. I wonder how many of us have ever done that. You left one job, you got to another one. Ooh, the day one, you're like, ooh, I just love it because at my other job, ooh, they were so crazy at my other job. Six months later, these Negroes just as crazy as... I should have kept my at my other job. Huh? At least at the other job, I didn't have to put up with nobody calling me. I, then you calling your former employer. Can, can I come back? You still got my desk. I left my name plate on the desk for a reason. Can I come? I should have stayed. My. You come out of one relationship, you go into another one. You like I should have stayed with Roscoe. This dude here. This Roscoe gave me chocolates on Valentine's Day. This should have stayed with Roscoe. Trust God's warnings. And I think some of us, I think some of us, we constantly choosing Egypt, constantly choosing disobedience, constantly making, making some choices with no regard whatsoever for the will of God because may, maybe you ain't quite paid for all that disobedience the way you should just yet. Maybe that's why you keep choosing Egypt. Maybe that's why you keep choosing disobedience. Why, maybe that's why it doesn't matter that much to you if the choices you're making keep you in a place where you're in agreement with God. Maybe, maybe all that disagreement ain't caught up with you yet. Trust God's warnings as well. He chastens those whom he loves. Jeremiah told him, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what God told me now. I ain't telling you. Don't, don't be surprised if these things. No, I'm, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get all, all of them. Famine, war, and pestilence. All three of them. All, y'all going to die from all three of them. Trust what God says by testing what God says. I wonder how many of us did not heed the warnings and chose Egypt anyway. Now we can tell other folk, let me, baby, let me tell you why you don't do that. Let me tell you why, listen, let me tell you why you don't do that. Back in, back in 92, I, I did that thing and I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I, was, I was acting like I wasn't studying God to some of the choices I wanted to make. But baby, let me, let me tell you why you don't want to do that. Okay, I will. Let me tell you why you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, some of us, we keep choosing Egypt. And here, oh, I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. I'm closing. I'm done for real. I'm going to finish this Wednesday. Mm. I lost it. Just that fast. Getting old, boy. 
It doesn't wrap it up. Yeah, I need to write it down. Trust the warnings as well. Trust the warnings as well. Michelle told me one story. She, come, she came home from work one day years ago. The students showing out at school, just showing out. Showing out to the point where the mama had to come. So the mama comes, and the mama's telling, wait till I get you home. Wait till I, you, wait, you just wait, you just wait, wait. The student said, y'all, don't, don't pay no attention. She ain't going to do nothing. The student says, now her mama's standing right there. Y'all don't, 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 she ain't going to do none of that. And I think that's what, how some of us treat God. God, you ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to die. I ain't going to get sick. I ain't going to lose my marriage. I ain't going to lose my job. I ain't going to lose my, my health. I ain't going to lose my life. Here, here's, I got it back. Praise God. Thank you. I got it back. I wonder how many of us are constantly choosing Egypt, constantly choosing Egypt and paying for it. God is chastening you, but you don't see it as chastening because you're blaming other folk. You're blaming other folk for why you keep losing jobs, why you keep losing relationships, why you keep losing this and this keeps happening. You keep, you keep blaming other folk, your haters. You keep blaming your haters when, when it ain't your haters. You hate obedience. It's not your haters. You hate agreeing with God. You hate it. It's one thing to, to, to ask, what, to say whether I like it or not. But it's a whole different ballgame when you confess, I hate the will of God. That's why you ain't studying it. I hope I'm helping somebody. You paying for it. Paying for it. Your life shows you paying for it, but you don't see it as God making you pay for it. Because you just, you, I wouldn't have to go through this if my mama would just help me. I keep asking my mama, supposed to help me. I wouldn't be going through this if the church would help me. The church, the church is supposed to help people. The church is supposed to help people. If the church would help me, I would be going through this if I'm white. They ain't going to treat white folk like this. You keep blaming people. It's always somebody else's fault. It's somebody who don't understand. They don't, they don't get me. Yeah, you keep paying for it. All kinds of areas of your life. Then you, you, instead of seeing it as a chastening of the Lord, you, you got all these little sorry, fleshly, carnal, worldly, self-destructive excuses. Blaming folk. When the real truth is, you hate being in agreement with God. And if you would make up in your mind, I'm going to be better at obedience today than I've ever been in my life. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.